0: Well, hello again my friends, E.K. The Writing Elk here with another episode of the story, The Black Blood Story. This is Chapter 4, Chapter 5 and Chapter 6A. Black Blood, Trace the Family Tree. This is Chapter 4 and it goes a little something like this. Oh, wait, one more thing before we go. Please, Consider helping us to keep this podcast alive and thriving. Our contributors may donate via Patreon at http: slash slash wwwpatreoncom That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash i is for Inky. I is for Inky. That is I capital I, lowercase I, S-F-O-R-I-N-K-Y, uppercase I, I, lowercase I, -I S-F-O-R-I-N-K-Y, that's inky, just like it sounds, I is for inky, I-I-S-F-O-R-I-N-K-Y, now, here for you is the continuation of the story, the black blood story. This is Chapter 4, and it goes something like this. Meanwhile, say the stars would have been going nowhere but up in those days. Her name was in flashing the end lights atop the Jamaica Calling Hotel. She was the madam there, some said. Others said she owned the damn giant. One way or the other, she was not one known to be missing out on a chance to get a good time on. And since Count Lasco and his entourage had been making it Jamaica regularly late and the Jamaica calling their Jamaican a board of choice, Sadie has got opportunity aplenty to do what Sadie does best. She danced. Chapter 5 Chapter 5, Last Corroding into Town Think you have got trouble? Wait until you have got trouble. You will see. It was an accident. Everybody knew it, but the kid was scared. Behind all of the tough guy facade, Sergeant Kennedy could see that he knew more than he was saying. He was fidgety and sweating rather profusely. What was he afraid of? Was it the pinch of dope over the legal limits which he had on him when they brought him in? Or was there more to it? Sergeant Kennedy had gambled that there was more, and like always, this time too, he was right. Lascaux was coming out of the washroom. The young man, as of yet unidentified, was going in. If only he had knocked before entering, like his mother had taught him to do, chances are none of it would have happened. Just as the count was reaching out to take a hold of the washroom door handle in order to pull it open, the door would have pushed open fast, knocking him smack dab on the knuckle, and nearly broke the middle finger, you know, his favorite F.U. finger. In a couple of minutes he will be perfectly fine, but for the time being, it hurts like hell. The young man solemnly apologized, repeatedly bowing the knees before the count and clasping his hands as if offering up a prayer. No problem, man, and the gold-teeth grin was all that he got back from the departing stranger, the man whom he thought was just another of the many rich and famous house guests who in those times delighted in staying at the calling. The young man then went on to do what he had gone in there to do in the first place, while still sorrowing over what had happened. He did not pay much attention to the two people who walked into the washroom next. Just others like himself who was there to do the same as he was there doing, he thought. But then, someone was to have grabbed him from behind. While the intruder was covering his mouth with one hand, the knife in the other, he, the intruder, reached down and then back up with the knife, slashing through the young man's right hand which by then had shifted from the supporting role it was playing, to be attempting to protect the family jewel. The knife-wielding intruder took the jewelry, the chest, and all four fingers and part of the thumb of the right hand which was playing the guardsman role. While in the self-same motion, slashing up and through the abdomen, leaving the intestine awashed in blood, partially digested food, and other bodily fluid on the washroom floor, there was blood everywhere, Meanwhile, the other young man, Robbie, just happened to see it all as it went down. He was vending marijuana to help himself through college. In the age of the partially legalized status of the wisdom weed, five ounces was what was allowed at any given time on an individual person. Anything over that and one would run the risk of jail time for possession and transportation among other possible charges. Rabi always tries to make sure that he doesn't exceed the 5-ounce limit. He would meticulously weigh and measure in order to ensure he stays within the legal framework. Though everyone knew he was vending, whenever he was confronted on this, he would always say it was for his personal use. And since he was by all other accounts and indications a decent, upstanding and progressive young man, no one bothered him over a bit of the common weed. He too would wind up dead in the strangest of manner just days after the departure of Lasco, after one of his now regular visits to Jamaica had ended, and he was, quite conveniently, half of the island at the time of those happenings. The young man was found dead with his hands tied behind his back, both hands tucked into the pocket of what was supposedly his pants, before wrapping the legs of the pants around his waist and tying the legs in a knot. Some theorized that it was a message to say, Take your hands out of my pocket. Commissioner Watkins did not buy that. Not one bit. He had quite another theory. But, Chapter 6 Chapter 6A Tracing the Family Tree Shirley Art Simmet is the name a second-generation American and one-time governor of Pennsylvania. She was not the first in her family to be governor as it was to be discovered later. There was an earlier family member who was governor in Jamaica, along with a few other folks in their bloodlines who were rather prominent figures in society. Her son also was to become mayor of Pittsburgh four years ago at the time of these happenings. Her bloodline was traced back to Mandeville, Manchester, and the route gets tangled up and messy from their hand. But the record showed that her great uncle, one Mr Arthur Ferguson Matto, was once a member of the Legislative Council, MLC, representing the parish of Manchester, and his grandfather before him was governor. Governor Walt Baines was an Englishman, a plantation owner, and the king's representative in the colony. Governor Baines had a daughter named Ada. She would go on to marry a sailor who was also reported to be a soldier in the Asian Revolutionary Army and who used to refer to himself as a thinker, sailor, soldier and all-round a nice guy. The irony of the whole thing though was, here was this rather peculiar family, a Jamaican family with connections which encompass governors serving the British crown, Soldier slash sailor serving the Asian government and army, another family member was serving the Jamaican state in a very high office at the time, and yet others who were serving in varying roles in the great big USA. But that is the Jamaican quilt for you, out of many, one strikingly amazing people. Harter Ferguson Matteau himself did not have any children of his own, however. His sister Melda had two daughters, Elise and Rhonda. Elise married Marcus Peart and bore him two children, Lascelles and Lisa. Marcus died, leaving his wife with two young children to raise on her own. She did not grieve very long for him. Within a year, she would have been married again to Arville Kennedy. She went on to bear him seven children. Rhonda married Alfred Freddy Orton. They went on to bear many children, Arthur, Walter, Anne-Marie, Sadie, and Joe among them. Walter Arden, after migrating to the USA, married a Puerto Rican girl and she bore him seven children, including Shirley. Shirley would then go on to marry Les Smith of Smith's Wood, Pulp and Paper Products, Inc. And they have three children, two boys and a girl. Shirley then went on to become governor of the state of Pennsylvania. Her son Clinton would follow her lead into the political arena later, when he was to become mayor. Out on the plains of St. Catherine, and the approach into Spanish Town as one travels north out of Kingston, is the location of a large lot of land which holds the Jamaica Police Academy. The Jamaican State Police Training School is situated and the Nature Reserve donated to the government for that purpose and that purpose only. It was donated by the matriarch of that very rich and famous farming and family business. 500 to 600 young men and women from all around Jamaica as well as from other Caribbean countries are being trained there every year in advanced police technologies. Trained by the latest of a long line of very well-abled and learned lawmen, Captain Thomas McCook, Captain Cook as he was known, and his highly sophisticated staff were running the show there in those times. The commissioner was also a part-time lecturer and a contributor at the training school. The only problem was there was an insurgent among them at the time, and few were those who even knew it. To make matters worse, another agent or counter-agent was also sent in to track him, watch him, protect him, and if needs be, kill him before he gets busted. Who was behind the planting of these agents was anyone's guess, and the guessing was what some was doing, not the commissioner though. Let all others guess and speculate, but facts are what the commissioner pursue and utilize in his practice he was not about to go changing his methods at the winding up end of his career. As it turned out, that was the very last case which the commissioner had was to wrap up before he was to have retired from his career in law enforcement. That's it for today, my friends. Thank you for lending me your ear chime again. Come join us again next time when we shall bring you yet another episode of the story. Until then... Take care of yourselves and do the right thing. I remain your best friend, EK The Writing Elk, and I am out.